Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I have some goodness for you today. I got a six pack of worms. Let's just un- let's just unpack a few of them, shall we? Let them run around the building. Mm-hmm. How about it? I heard, um, I got snippets from all over. I got a few snippets of my own. But I heard Bill say this really cool thing that, and, he, and I've been reading his book on uh, open heavens, and I am, this is my third sermon, I think, on maintaining an open heaven over your life, part three. Yeah. You know, maintaining means that it's available right and then i just have a role do you like that about god's plan you know the the funny thing is that god god's the planner remember when you didn't know that and you thought you were the planner that just messes everything up and then some of you are still cleaning up those messes from your previous plans Right? Right? Yes. See, it's not just financial. Sometimes it's relational. Sometimes it's just the battle within. The battles within sometimes are just things that we actually believed bef- uh, in a different way than God. Yes. And it's, it's funny how he just he can never change himself. God can never change himself. So who's doing the changing? That's exciting. Yes. So if we just come into it saying, man, I've just got a lot of changing to do. Yeah. As opposed to, let me see how many things I can hang on to. Now I don't have to change. Yeah. That just seems weird. Does that seem weird to you to have that? You never had that thought, did you? You knew that your ways were weird, right? And you were going to have to change them, right? So one of the things Bill was saying, he said that when your words become spirit... then you personally and those around you experience the kingdom. And he kind of, he threw in the scripture, I like it in Romans 14, 17. He says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. He said, two thirds of the kingdom realm is felt. Feelings, feelings, (laughs) nothing more than that. Those feelings that y'all don't even know what to do with. How many feel like they're really got their feelings in a proper perspective, kingdom-wise? How many? Great. There's all there's three of us. So the rest of y'all have some work to do. But two thirds of the kingdom that that you that God wants you to experience, you understand that about Him, right? That He wants you to experience His kingdom. Are is Peace and joy is what it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. And so he would, I was reading in the Passion that once you experience that peace and joy, basically, in the kingdom, then it compels you in your actions of rightness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, God gives us some specific instructions of how to treat 
I'm stealing it, aren't I? I told you you could say it, but I stole it. Um, I just now realized that in this moment. I told you, I said, hey, I got a little something you could share today, and I think I'm just doing it right now. But nonetheless, this is a month of honor, and one of the things that, um, sorry, I have to turn this off because I'm freezing, but you never know what I'm going to be, so, you know. <laughs> okay, I got it. I have to punch there. Now, Abe, if I get hot, go over there and punch that button again. Um, this is a month of honor. Thank you, Lynn. Lynn just gives me the snip honor. Um, and, and in that, um, we there's something great about when you feel like you're doing right according to His will. You know, that's that's why He has all of these things set up for your benefit. And so... You know, I think it's interesting that once you experience that peace and joy and you understand where and how you've gotten it, yes. you know, there's yes. there you're building a legacy within you to pass down to someone that doesn't have what you have. And so that 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 continual honoring of what God's doing and what people have done for you and with you, it just, it just opens up and expands your heart for more. That's how we get the more. We always get more by giving away what we have. So if we give away, gosh, you know, I have such a privilege to be here. You know, I see what you've done ahead of me. Then, you know, that you're giving something away. Does that make sense? So keep doing that this month. You're on the countdown. Half the month's over. I don't know. Some of y'all have been doing a good job. A couple people have actually come up to me after service and given me honor instead of telling me about some problem they had. So that's been cool. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but it's probably not a good time after service to come up and make me give you counsel. I'm just saying. I'm going to be tired after I do this because I've been up since four, so I don't know. So if you need me to counsel you, let's do that another time. That's just free advice right there. But you could come up and brag on me and tell me what a good job. I'm just helping y'all. Giving me some, tell me how good I did. And, you know. I'm just helping you. Lynn's, Lynn and I have been on that a while now. Teaching people to have hospitality and honor. Good, right? Yes. Very good. Okay. Come on. So we're talking today about maintaining an open heaven. Um, I want to start out with a couple of slides um, that we've thrown up there. It's the same one we started out with last week. I just wanted to start out with it again. And here it is. If you want to go fast, go alone. Yeah. We're so much more comfortable with that, aren't we? Oh, yeah. You know, one of the ways that God teaches us to yield to Him is by yielding to other people. I don't know if you know this, but actually yielding to an earthly authority is way easier than yielding to God's authority. So He lets you practice the easier road first. You know, people will ask you to do a lot less hard things than God will. See, God doesn't really, isn't concerned with your comfort. He's got a mission, and He's just looking for volunteers. And if you don't volunteer, somebody else will. And so He gets, He lets you practice by how well you can subdue and deny 
what you want. And it's and he, he always lets you do it. You know, we do it all the time. We just don't call it that. You know, when you don't ram your car into everybody when you're just driving to work, you just come underneath an authority. You know, when you don't run, drive up to Chick-fil-A and as they're handing you that bag, you just grab it and don't pay for it and speed off. You're coming under an authority. When you go to Starbucks and you see other people's drinks there and you don't just steal them all, you're, you have just come under authority. Have you ever got one and you're up there at the counter and you're looking at somebody else's drink and you're thinking, man, I wish I'd have gotten that one. And you don't just grab it. You just come underneath authority. We're just doing it all the time without thinking, right? Now, we do advance, obviously, into great maturity when we're able to put the toilet paper back on the row. That's a great level of advancement and maturity when we're able to do that. I mean, it just happened to me this morning. I had to think, do I want to go ahead and put this toilet paper on this row, or do I want to just not let the next girl get it? See, that uh, my advancement of maturity, I went ahead, just look, here's what I did right here, just reached that and I did that. I Look at that. I have graduated to kindergarten right there. I know, I'm amazing, aren't I? So you see there's levels, right? Right? In the kingdom. You know, you maybe have advanced to that level of, you know, maybe straightening up the covers on your bed when you get out of bed or you maybe just let them all lay on the floor till you do it again that night you pick them up that night sometimes we are mature enough to do it in the morning but we all do it at night because we're not going to sleep with the covers on the floor see just different levels of do i need to go on or are you with me so if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together part of maintaining an open heaven is realizing the possibilities that are set up because of this open heaven. I I wrote a couple things, I think. Um, The goal of what I'm calling this next level maturity, that's where we're at right now. Some of y'all are embracing it. Don't raise your hands, but how many just, just in your own heart right now think, am I really embracing that or not? You know whether you are or not. You know, if we're not embracing the next level of maturity, we're just here. I don't know why we're here, but that's all I'm really about, you know, because I want us to advance, right? Because see, the cool thing about God is that He's advancing. The reason why we were seeing about the river of revelation, you know, I had an encounter with God at, in Bethel many, many years ago when we were there. And in we did an art sozo there, and I drew this picture, and it was of me in the river, of revelation and the holy spirit was the boat because i had great fear that this revelation that i was had started to receive and i had been receiving it by that time about 10 years see I, i'm different now than i was before you met me pam's the only one that knew me in my weird state before like y'all much of our, y'all are right now that's your weird state eventually you're going to get in the river and then you're going to be like, oh, what was I doing outside the river over there, right? I was in the weeds. So maybe on weed, I don't know. But anyway, and so that, so, so I encountered him and he said, as long as you're in me, you'll never be out of the river of revelation. And that satisfied it for me. 
So now when the enemy comes knocking and says, oh, you're not prepared. He uses that one a lot. Oh, you can't speak good. Oh, people say stuff about what you speak and it's not positive. Then I just remember I'm in the lazy river with the Holy Spirit. I just either believe that and operate out of that or I need to have another sozo over the same material. So identifying ways, why did I even need that sozo? Because I had identified that I had a fear that I would lose what I knew I didn't have before. I mean, I knew I felt different. And I didn't want to lose it. You know, when I, I was raised in a church that we, we might could lose it. You better get down the altar every Sunday, anytime, especially on revival days, you wore the red shirt so the guy would prophesy to you. I mean, you wanted to stay somewhere, right? We didn't realize we could just have this relationship with him 24-7. Like, he was like, well, why are we doing this special thing? Because like, so I love Bill. Let's just stop for a moment. Papa, I just want to thank you for Bill. I just thank you that for all these years he has just fed my life. And I just thank you that we just embrace how you have impacted him with revelation and how it's changed us too. Amen. So this, there's a access, is what I wrote. There's an access and a possessing of this goodness. And when I have accessed it, and some of y'all are getting it, You've got to smear it somewhere. I mean, like, it became enough for you. Remember at first where you're just like, oh, I just hope I can feel better. Oh, wait, some of you are still there. Okay. Well, there will come a day if you keep accessing it that you'll feel filled up. And once you have this excess and this overflow, you want to do something with it. It's the same. See, it goes hand in hand with the financial. Okay, I know it's going to mess you up a little bit. But it goes hand in hand where, you know, if you don't have this intimacy with him, you just barely can make it. Right. You don't have anything left over. Right. Okay. Yeah. So remember that um, if I realize that the open heaven already exists, so it's not going to get closed back up, right? right? And so I'm trying to position my awareness only. My awareness, what I become aware of. Why could Jesus say, I only do what I see the Father do? Because his awareness was solely focused on, I'm only on planet Earth to do what the Father wants me to do. That's it. That's his only mission. And see, what's cool is he came to suffer earthly human pain. So you don't have to. And he provided eternal bliss. So when Jesus would say, and he said it in every gospel, every gospel got this one right. Deny yourself and take up my cross. Now think about it. If you really look up that word deny, it's about changing perspective of what I assign value to and where. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, the Bible's good about um, describing things from a certain vantage point that, that could be understood in those days. 
Like in those days, they, women were goddesses. They were God. Yeah. Women, I know. We did this flippity-doozle on us, I know. But they were God. That's why when he said, now women, now get together and do it with your husbands. It didn't say, it didn't even say submit to your husbands. That Some King James guy said that. It didn't say that. It said, lower yourself down because I know everybody thinks you are a God. You're not God either. And get together, help the man. You're supposed to just be helping him. You're supposed to go together. Because women were so elevated. So you know what we did with religion? We, we flipped that around, man. We just swung that pendulum over here. And we said, you can't talk. Women, you can't do nothing. You can do nothing. And any man, I mean, I was watching that guy that I watch every now and then. He cracks me up about how, oh my gosh, he's so funny about He's just trying to, you know, he's so sorry, women. But that's just what the word says. He's sorry. He's sorry. Y'all, he's sorry. He's sorry. Well, see, I don't think I read where now. The only open heaven is over men. And any man that experiences the open heaven knows that that's not what's happening. They have met their own humanity. <laughs> they have no problem. That's, that's the difference. Anybody that wants to lord over, that's why we don't want to submit to authority because we experience all this lording over by random people who didn't even know what the Word said and then we called it Jesus. I have literally counseled with women who thought it was a sin to not let their husbands abuse them. I'm like, I mean, that's just like, wow, how far we've come. We've really been enlightened, haven't we? See, because God, there's no male or female to God. You remember the parts were just made so we could reproduce to what? To be one so we can make after like kind. I mean, do I don't need to go through that again? Right now, our culture needs it. So... Remember that in Romans, oh, let's just read it. Can, shall we read it? In li- okay, in light of what I'm saying. Listen, God is not sin-focused. The greatest thing that you could do to mature is quit being sin-focused. Do you need a, do you need a shaker or something? Okay, so then nothing God's saying... Is sin focused? So can we read Romans eight, a new way today, and quit being sin focused? Can we do that? So the case now is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, right? Because he's been li- we've been liberated, right? He we jump on down. God sent His Son, clothed in human weakness, blah blah blah, so He could right, so He condemned the power of sin, right? So. The anointed one is living his life in us. Can Jesus be with sin? No. Okay, so we're we're all we're over that, right? Yeah. Sorry if you were raised in religion. I know you got a handicap here, but hey, just change your mind right now. Yes. You know, if you were raised in a world like Mendel with an atheist, you don't have this problem. Right. It's true. 
You just don't. But really, all religious people have this problem. We can't even hardly get over it. It's like a big mountain, like, like we're acting like it's God or something. No, it's just a mountain of stupidity. It's all it is. Come on. I either bow to the religious spirit or I live under the open heaven. I mean, it's just my choice. So it says, you're free to live. You, not according to the flesh. You wouldn't even want to because you've realized that your fleshly part was just the weaker part. It, you, it's meant to go with you, though. But by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. So think about this. If we're motivated by flesh, so think about, just exchange that for a second. Just can I take some liberty here today? And let's just exchange it with soul. So we're right now we're doing this IFS. I know some of y'all don't believe in it and you don't want to participate. I'm sorry, but you're going to be left behind again. You're the same people that get offended every time. Let me just say it out loud. And so God's trying to say, identify. Here's a tool to identify what everybody else is experiencing with you. Not for us to feel condemned because the first verse said there's no condemnation anymore. But it's just an illuminator. It's just an identifier. It's just saying your nose is pink. It has no value to whether you are valuable or not. It has, there is nothing about it that's trying to determine worth. Nothing about it. Nothing about it is trying to determine whether you're sinful or not. All it is is a determinator of, well, I was injured, and I think this. And I'm doing this because I think this. That's all it is. You can embrace that and say, okay, there's no accusing voice. We don't have to do that. Because those that are motivated by that soulish part, they only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Yeah. See, that's the beautiful part of the open heaven is that there's so many spiritual realities. You know, I woke up the other morning in the middle of the night and God gave me the word for 2022. And I, I am so, it's mind-blowing to me how well that He prepares us. I couldn't see it. I was just asking the day, I mean, I think it was even just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in the service, I was like, I wonder what 2022 is going to be. And I woke up a few days later and he told me. And I love that because I'm like, oh my gosh, all of this has been preparing us for what he's going to do. Do you remember in 2019, we were prepared for, for COVID and we didn't even know it. We didn't call that. Mendel actually dreamed a little COVID um, scientific molecule what that's in our house this this teeny weeny little house that nobody even knows exists on the planet by us don't tell anybody remember that guy that came that told us the reason why we didn't grow and we didn't even he didn't even know For the sense and reason of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled, mindset, turn to your neighbor and say mindset, controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. Life and peace. That's what we're just saying. The kingdom. So see, whenever my words become spirit. Do you understand that? 
that I am meant to find chaos. I don't know if you could just understand this. It could free you so much. If the chaos is in you, I don't know where it's at. Until my words line up with the Spirit. So that means if I have something in me, my head hurts, those words are not Spirit. My head is healed. That's, That's Spirit. My head hurts. That's natural. I'm controlled by the impulse of the natural. Are you with me at all? The natural. See, there's, there's a wrestling match within you because your spirit man wants to believe truth and your flesh man fights and fights and fights to hold its own. That's why everything about the open heaven is about denying. Deny. That's why Jesus said you've got to deny. You've got to exchange lordship. You've got to deny you to have me. You know, the other thing he was telling me about, this is a side note, okay? This is just a PS sidebar. Whenever he wore the crown of thorns, I like, I even looked it up in little, I know, it's crazy. Max Lucado had the best line of it all. He said, thorns symbolize the consequence of sin, not sin. The crown of thorns that embedded into flesh when removed left a gaping hole that was filled do you understand so you don't have to the exchange is i love it rebellion results in thorns the fruit of sin results in thorns we carry those thorns in us right i love this it says all the emotions of sin tumbled into him. All the emotions of sin. Let me help you. When I don't believe who he says I am, I'm in rebellion. I'm sorry, I know you want to be called something else. That creates a thorn. How many years will someone have to keep telling you who you are for you to get the thorn of disbelief out of you? The emotion of sin tumbled into him like shadows in a forest. He felt anxious, guilty, alone. Can you hear the emotion in his prayer? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? These are not the words of a saint, but the cry of a sinner. In which he wasn't. So how did he feel it? God, that, that's, that's the plan. Do you get it? The plan of God was to send. Remember, when he was baptized, that became the open heaven. It was never closed again. Why do we need the heavens to be rent? I love it. I wrote this too. I have another thing I wrote. Where is it? When Jesus was baptized, whatever spiritual darkness was over the planet, the heavens was opened at that point. That's that great picture, isn't it? From God's side to ours. Allowing access that hadn't been available before. In the garden, God came down. Now we go up. (laughs) 
my awareness that that's available. I could put a $100 in my mailbox for every single one of y'all today, and I could say, hey, I got $100. Easy, I'm not going to, Dave. Uh, uh, $100, I bet y'all would stop by. I bet you'd stop by. I bet you'd find out where I lived. I bet you'd stop by. As a son and daughter, you should stop by. Do you see Do you see how unworthiness works? See, right there in the room, I had two people, two responses in the room. Right there. One is, oh my gosh, you need that more than me. I want to bless you. I want to. And the other one was, well, yeah, where, what's the address? See, as a son or daughter, he's just saying, come up higher. I'm inviting you. I think I threw that little slide on there too, didn't I? That second one. Yeah, that's his invitation. God's, God sent you an invitation. Come up higher. Right? So I'm still on next level maturity. So we have become more aware of what the Spirit of God wants to do than we are aware of what the enemy is doing. If I stay mindful of the works of the enemy then I'll live in reaction to what I see him doing. He's doing a big show right now. He, the enemy's doing a big show right now. I don't know if you know this. The enemy's doing a big show right now. Now, I personally am way more aware of what God is doing. I don't even watch the, I don't care what the enemy's doing. I don't care what the news, none of the news is true. I mean, I told you that back in 1994. Did you know me then? Were you were you on the planet then? Okay. Were you here then? You were born? Okay. We have to shift. Okay, let's not talk about when we were born. Okay, come here. I don't have much time. We have to shift from living in reaction to the enemy and to live in response to the Father. Now see, listen to this. In, in, in Ephesians, I mean, in, in Romans 18, I didn't get to it, but you can read the whole chapter. But the mature children of God are the, those who are moved by the impulses. And think about, if you think about in Ephesians 4, what does it talk about there? It talks about when we're mature. It says, all that God has done and designed in me is to make me a mature church for His pleasure. Listen, if you can ever get here, your greatest mindset to being on the planet is that I could live in pleasure to the king. That's my heart for you. It says, until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. Listen, that fault or flaw is without chips or dings. That's what it means. Where do we get them chips and dings? We get the chips and dings by what? By experiences in our past that we didn't get healed, we didn't rework, we didn't satisfy with truth. And so remember, it creates a ceiling, a really low ceiling that we have to live underneath. Right? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. 
Are you in agreement with that? So when God comes in, it's like this song we just sang. He's got all of this beautiful stuff. I mean, he just made some gates out of pearl. And remember, pearls take a long time to form. So he's got plenty of product. Right? It says, the mature children of God are those and only those who are moved by the impulses. And so I, I wrote down a couple of things. This is how you know if you're on the road to being a mature son and daughter, of course. Person. Yes. <laughs> Do you like that better? Yeah, I don't care. Those who revere God as their father. Here's a little checklist for you. How do you revere God as Father? Well, don't compare him to your natural one. You'll have a hitch already right there. Right? I mean, are we going to ever learn to forgive our natural one? They were just a human like us. I mean, she she just this week put 1 Corinthians instead of 2 Corinthians and no one caught it. And you would have thought she had done a big deal on the handout. That's a big deal in her world. I was like, Lord, I just did so many mistakes. It's like they were so much bigger than a one and a two. I can't even imagine what. I don't even think about mistakes. She's wondering if that's going to be a big deal. I'm like, oh, no, because why? I revere him as father. That's so good. What's a good father do? Y'all didn't have one, but they cover. They cover. They cover. Hide you in the cleft. Fight for you instead of you. Provide for you. Give you identity. Give you purpose. None of that came from your natural family. Don't act like they had it to give. I mean, maybe you can just think they're the, the guy at Freddy's giving you an ice cream cone. And just, you don't go to Freddy's every day. Some of you are way too serious in here right now. But you've got God the Father who has everything. Unlimited resources. Why are we not excited about that? So I establish Him, revere Him. I position Him in my life, in my heart. This is signs of maturity again. As Father. That's got to be number one. Remember... The access, the open heavens means all of these things are available. If I'm not living like they're available, that's what I need to check. It's not about him whacking you on the head. I mean, Lynn was telling me she was listening to the radio station or it came on in her car. She didn't listen to the radio station. It was Kayla or somebody? Oh, yeah, it's the 189.8 or something. I don't know. You know, the old, the old country bumpkin religious people. I ended around 89 or something where they were saying, man, you thought this COVID was bad. Just wait until the tribulation. They were like, God is going to come down in his wrath. And he's going to burn us all up. And I was like, yeah, we used to believe that. I personally changed my theology. Gwen, did you change your theology? Do you remember when it started? I remember when people started bumping up against that theology of God's wrath. I was so much better throwing out God's wrath. I didn't have to be responsible then. I could always fall short easily. I would always be falling short. So why try? 
Let's all be victims together and limp to heaven. Let's do it. That's where that's where some of y'all came from. I have this sincere worship. I'm a worshiper. A sincere work number two. I'm a, I, I revere him as I have all of him as father. And now I have sincere words. Those who in character and life resemble God. That's why it's easy to put the toilet paper roll on there. That's why it's easy not to speed. That's why it's easy. I got some of you on that one. That's why it's easy not to steal the Starbucks drinks. That's why it's easy. His yoke is easy. Because see, my character and life resemble him if I have those two first things in place. That scripture that Lynn read, if he's my undivided devotion, then everything else on the list is easy. I'm governed by the Holy Spirit. He's my government. Not the United States of America Constitution. See, and if I have a supernatural gift, like a lot of y'all in here have that gift of judging. You're a Deborah. See, when I have a supernatural gift and I've got my stuff in order, then when I see something out of order, I rejoice because my gift just got activated by the Holy Spirit. The same with your feeler people. When I realize that... That the earth is groaning for sons and daughters to wake up and be activated by the Holy Spirit. To do what? The gift of God that's in you. So that means that if you're, especially if you're a judge, I have a standard. Lynn's got this calling. She has a standard. I'm always trying to get her to operate in it because what's against it? She don't want to look judgy. She don't want to look. She don't want to look judgy. She don't want to look too particular. Again, rebellion. It's rebellion against the nature that God housed in you that you just don't understand. You're just uneducated. So when you repent and say, "Oh my gosh, I've been living in rebellion to the very thing I can't even get out of me." And then I start saying, let me, like a heat-seeking missile, find somebody somewhere that can train me in the gift so I can be less miserable. And all your protectors and all your firefighters, they gathered around the exile and they said, get back. You're no good. And the exile's going, I'm tired of being back here. Someone, Jesus preaching to me and I'm coming out. I might be two, but here I am. I might poop on you, but I'm out. I might have a really big reaction, but I'm I'm out. That's coming out of the closet. That's what that means. You see, what's going in the on in the world mirrors what's happening in the supernatural. Why does everybody doing all this and changing all their identity and coming out and being known? Because they know inside them there is something that needs to have a place on the earth to smear goodness. But they're more yielded to the nature of the enemy than they are to the nature of God. That's all it is. Let's don't get all panties in the wad. 
That's all it is. All we want to do is focus on the behavior. Well, if we could just speak to the gift of God, it would come alive. Mentors. You act in the same calm and joyful trust in God. This is the sons and daughters of God. This is what the earth is looking for. They have a counterfeit to each one of these. They're counterfeiting it all the time. And they're trying to, they have a big voice with it. They wear the dignity of being called a son of God. Get the shirt. That's all I can say is get the shirt. Wear it with pride. Be glad that you're different. When you walk into an environment and it's all cruddy and crappy and you say something and then they're mad at you, go home and go, I'm a son and daughter of God. Because I could just see it. Some people can't even see it. I love this. It says, Jesus modeled being a son. So we would know what it looked like. He enjoyed the supreme love of God. He united his affection in intimacy with the Father. All the brides are going, oh. He was front line on getting the word from Papa on what he was going to do. This line says, privy to his saving counsels. I didn't know if you know what that meant. He's on the front line. And he was obedient to the Father's will in all of his acts. So see, when I establish Jesus as the standard, not me, not your neighbor, not somebody you knew, Jesus. Listen, Jesus is the standard. And I begin to establish things in order in my life. He's the Father. I'm going to use my mouth to worship Him, not my mouth to describe how horrible things are or how I feel. Especially you feel or gifts. If you would just begin to realize God is actually trusting your emotions with a depth of something that's on His heart for the moment. He never intended you to turn that on yourself. Now, I talk to all of them about this all the time. But it's really hard because when we weren't trained to do that, our emotions, our feelings, excuse me, for the feeler gift people, they, they can't stop being in operation. But my window, my eyes to see what they're seeing is immature. That's why I have to establish. That's why I didn't have the gift first. See, a son or daughter knows the gift comes after the establishment of this foundation of who he is and these acts. The gift always comes down below that. See, when we elevate the gift up high, we're like, hey, I need to know my gift and I need to know how it operates. He won't ever tell it. He will, you will never be able to see it. You'll spend your life going, I just don't know my gift. I just can't see it. It's because these other things are out of order. And God's a God of order. Right? No, listen, this is good. You don't understand how good this is. 
Otherwise, the land and the sea would all run over themselves. How in the world are we going to go to Cancun in that turquoise water? Sorry. And, and those white sands. And how is it not going to just suck the hotel right out into the ocean? Because God's a God of order. How did they even know they could build that massive resort that we're going to with the guacamole? How did they even know? How did they even know that that wouldn't be washed out into the sea? He's a God of order. It's the same way. Your gift needs this foundation. Or you'll be, you'll be a, you'll do it one month and then you won't do it for two years. Some of y'all are here doing that. You'll do it for six weeks and you won't do it for two months. You'll be on again, off again. Why? There's no establishment of order. It's so good. And so see, God's not going to change that. Since he's a good father and since I know he's a good father, then I trust what he gives me is from a father's heart. I don't change it. I don't tell him that's too much pain, that's too little pain. I don't tell him. I yield. I deny. What am I denying? I'm denying the very thing that would exalt itself above his plan. So when you read Romans 8, what is that? My flesh would exalt its plan. Don't act like he's even talking about sin. Just your own fleshly plan, your own fleshly will, your own thing. Just like when you want to lose weight and you can't help but eating french fries. That's your own plan. Lynn, she's about to swallow up to nothing. I can lose 30 pounds and she can lose 30 pounds and it looks different on her. Listen, there's an atmosphere, I wrote this, there's an atmosphere of heaven on earth. It's creating a culture where all the gifts and all people operate freely in God's assignment. Say that to yourself, God has given me an assignment, I will never ever change it. If I don't establish sonship first. If I don't establish who, that he has an open heaven and that I'm a son and daughter called of him and that is my first establishment. Yes. That's my foundation. The movements on the earth today are all because of the groan. Those who are supernatural are about to birth something amazing that they've been cultivating in the secret place. You know you, who you are. Those of the world... They're about to burst something that was cultivated in the secret place with the enemy. Now let me help you. God wins. Why did God make a plan where he would make a planet that was in chaos? Remember when he put them in the garden? The garden was the only place that wasn't chaotic. Why did he do that? And then he said, Reproduce, go and subdue. I'll meet with you every afternoon when we have a business meeting. <laughs> Your phone just flashed at me. I was like, what is that? I thought you were sending me a signal. <laughs> I don't know if I can read that. Why did he make it that way? Just think about this. God loves a, a good plan. He's really good at God. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's really good at being God, right? So his plan involved you coming to chaos. Doesn't that sound funner now? You, Gwen, you came to chaos. You went to the love shack. Chaos. It's a plan. You, Haley, you came to chaos. I'm going to stick you in chaos to what? To make my words become spirit. Get enough chaos. Going to need a bunch of spirit words. A little bit of chaos. You know, when I was young, I played sports. I was telling Mendel this in the green room. And I remember the first time when I was pitching softball and I got hit with a line drive in the kneecap. And I went ahead and went out and played the next inning. I remember when I was 14 and I was going to tag a girl at home plate and she ran to my arm and broke my arm and I pitched six more games. I remember in high school when I sprained my ankle and they thought I'd broke my ankle 13 times. And I just taped the dude up and I went ahead and played the next game. I remember when I played the game and I had surgery the next week and five weeks later I came back and played the game again. What was I doing? What was I doing? I had a goal. I let nothing stop me from the goal. Not pain. See, the things that we go through... I didn't realize having 13 sprained ankles would make sure that I was up here preaching one day. <laughs> See, there, there is a stamina. There is a strength that's built within us when things are hard or gross or we don't like them or they're not our calling or they're not our gift and we don't have the special privileges that somebody else has. And see, if we don't want to go through that, we don't want to be a son. See, you didn't make this plan. And you may not understand this plan. Maybe your little pea brain wanted to be really easy and you wanted to live on Cancun, on the beach, all the time. And you just wanted them to bring you Mai Tais. I don't know. Maybe you just, maybe you didn't want to do this life. But see, when I begin to yield and I realize, oh my gosh, this open heaven was created for my benefit. Before you came to the planet, he rendered the heavens just on your behalf so the glory can be experienced. We can go up anytime. We can be seated at the throne anytime. Why aren't we? Why are we just looking around the natural and saying, well, that's over there, and that's over there, and that's over there. That's just the natural. Go up to heaven after you've that's over there and ask him, what do you want that to look like? What is the love shack supposed to look like? Don't gripe about it then. You were sent there. Yeah, that's good. Come on. If you do that assignment well, you'll get another one. Don't want to change assignments 
until you accomplish the goal of the Father. When Jesus was out on the boat and was storming, he was asleep, and they woke him up. Don't you know he was like, man, I'm having a good nap. I love to sleep in storms. That's Mendel. I'm like, did you hear a storm? It stormed. Yes. It thundered and lightning and hail and rain. I didn't even hear it. I'm like, there you go, being Jesus again. Just being all Jesus-like again. Clearly, I'm like the disciples. Get up! They don't care if we die. What was I talking about before that? That was such a funny story. I, I thought I went down ten more stories. Something like that. Let me look at my notes. Y'all be y'all be patient with me. Just keep trying. Keep bringing me some new stuff. I don't know what I was going to say, but I'm going to say this now. The human race, all the people you're engaging with, and you, before you got truth. Just think about before you got truth. You know, you're okay living in a cardboard box of some sort. Your cardboard box, right? And then you, you got to thinking, wow, I don't know if that represents sonship. I'm not for sure this is looking like a son of the most high God. I look like everyone else in the world on food stamps. And so the human race feels the effects of the spirit of God hovering over chaos. It just does. If you're, if you, let's just say part of humanity is in sin. When the Holy Spirit, when the when God pours out a spirit in all flesh, which is He's doing right now, yeah. right? Then some people it convicts them, and what do they do? When conviction happens, what always happens? They repent. Right? Did you know? Weirdly, most people in the church experience condemnation. Most people over here in the world, they don't even experience condemnation. (laughs) See, see, we think the pre-believers feel like we do. But see, we've been living with the religious spirit. Romans 8, a new law took effect. The law of the spirit life of, of life breathes into you. Man, when they're dead, they're just dead. A little bit of... Right? We've been... Right? And so just a little more breath of God, we're like, yeah, I heard that last week. Teresa said that last week. Over here, they're like, anybody got a lifeline? I'm dying over here. Parched. 99% parched. Dry. Cracker. Desperate. Do you, does anybody remember where they were? De- so to maintain an open heaven, I propose is harder 
than being a dry old cracker. One little drink fills you over here. Over here, it's the mature sons and daughters. They invest in what it takes to maintain an open heaven. They invest in the communion of intimacy. All these things I'm talking about, they deny easily. They take up their cross easily. They know they don't want to exchange wearing a thorn, crown of thorns. You know, it's interesting because the Bible talks about, I wasn't going to say this, but let's just throw it in there. There's all these crowns. There's the crown of life. There's the incorruptible crown. There's the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the crown of rejoicing. You know, Revelation 4 says that we're going to throw all of our crowns down. Have you gathered some of these crowns yet? Crown of rejoicing. That doesn't mean you rejoice when things are good. That's not rejoicing. Rejoicing means you had some joy and you had to re it. Re means what? Uh huh. You got you to get that. You got to get that all going again, right? So you had joy, you lost it. Then they came back, and so now you rejoiced. Wow. Yeah. What if we could do that quicker? <laughs> My hope for you is that no matter what happens, I got my rejoice crown on. See, when you get to heaven, all those crowns you're going to throw down at his feet. Why? You don't need them in heaven. You already got the incorruptible body. You already have rejoice. Your man, he's right here. That's why if I don't ex- expand my awareness of the open heaven, and I don't spend more time in heaven than I do on earth, I become what I behold. The more that you want to mature faster, the more you have to behold Him. There's just not another way. The more that I behold Him, the more that I give way to my purpose. You know, Cece and I talk about this all the time. I say, listen, this is your purpose. You are meant to hear the words of Papa. Now, there's great resistance to that. It sounds really simple, doesn't it? But see, she can't, she can't just hear them. She has to write them. And sometimes the writing of them, there's a block. There's an enemy to that. Yes. Why, why did she write three, four, five hundred words before she ever gave any of y'all a single word from up here? Because she had to establish daughtership. She had to establish, I'm just doing this to just be faithful. I'm not doing it to have a platform. I'm not doing it to get to get my name on YouTube. I'm not doing it to do any of that. I'm just doing it because I love him. But it's still a war. It's still a wrestling match. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want us to walk in our purpose. Probably nobody in our family even knew our purpose, so they weren't breathing on it. You don't know if you listened to Bill from Sunday, but he was talking about the creativity model of God, basically. And he was talking about this series that someone did where they took some children and when they were 
I think it was two or it was very young. There, ninety-eight percent of them, I think he said, were very were genius in creativity. And then they did more studies on them and took some more tests as they grew older. And by the time they were fifteen, it was like down to I don't know fifteen percent or something. It was really low percentage. Did it just eek out of them? Where did it go? You know, God is breathing on that right now. God is going to reestablish His creativeness within humanity. I'm just telling you, He is. I'm just looking to see if I have something else I want to say. Hold on. Are you coming? What? No? Yes? No answer. I'm going to read one more verse. Back on Romans 8. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us. Isn't that good? And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. So think about it. If we know that on earth that people are desiring, groaning, wishing for what? The things of the kingdom. They don't they don't say that. But peace, joy, happiness, right? They want to feel good. They don't want to live under conviction or wrongness all the time, right? That's all that's the kingdom. Do we get it? So whenever I decide to not let the things of my soul have any claim, right? Then I live in this open heaven then. And then I have this access because, see, I can't live in the open heaven as long as I live underneath condemnation. It's a hindrance. Let me read you a couple of slides I like. Um, V, let's do that. um, Number four. It says, the church was birthed in revival. See, this, this is, you can just say this is the reason that you believe in the biblical Christianity. Don't even think about religion or denominations right now. Can you do that? That God established in Acts a church that would go out, and and He empowered them first, right? So that's you. That's how you believe, right? Right? The church was birthed in revival. Wasn't that revival in Acts 2? What was that? It's what we have here, where he did this, we, the Spirit had room, and He filled us. We got up there and we sang what he said, sing today, right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit with the overwhelming presence of God upon people that changes us individually and corporately until it eventually impacts a city. See, I didn't grow up in this. I grew up where we just got to church and they barked at us a while and told us what horrible sinners we were. And we came down the front, we repented. Anybody? But all of this has changed. That's not church. Right? That was a pastor-led organization. 
Okay, I'm not, I, I went there, I'm just saying, but we're not doing that anymore. I'm, I don't know about you, I'm not doing that anymore. And most of you that know me know I'm not doing that anymore. Because I'm doing something different. But you still want me sometimes to act like I'm that other guy. Go, next one. <laughs> that, this was our beginning, our foundation. Why should we expect to build upon anything less than God's heart revealed on that day? Think about God. He established, He's the plan, right? He's got the plan. So, so He did the open heaven thing with Jesus, right? Right? Then He did the Acts thing to what? Give us power. And don't you hate to not, don't you hate to feel powerless? Don't you, don't you hate it when you can't do what you want to do? Don't you hate that? Well, we don't have the power. Our awareness of the ability of the Holy Spirit is what's lacking, not the Holy Spirit's ability. Our awareness of allowing Him to flow through me. Come on, I hope you get this today. Everything built upon that foundation must live in honor of those same boundaries and values. That's what I'm talking about today. This is... We call it revival. We, they call it revival. People call it revival. But I just want it to be one life. Yeah. This one life. Yeah. I don't need it to have the revival name. I just am saying I want to act like a daughter at church and a daughter out in the world and a daughter at home. I want to live in freedom. I want to experience freedom. I want to enjoy life. I am going to enjoy life. Why would he give me life abundantly and his yoke be easy and he give me all these tools and he give me all the access and then I just live a miserable life that looks just like the world? That's why the world didn't want Christianity because we had no power. I mean, I'm telling you, I am 15 years old when I said this to somebody. The reason why nobody will serve God is because nobody has power over anything. No one could demonstrate it. Listen, nobody could demonstrate it. We have got to realize if we can't demonstrate it, we're no different. So we've got to understand what do I have to do with my personal little heart to get it in line to where I can demonstrate the power of God. Otherwise, we might as well go to Walmart. Let's just meet there and holler a lot. Next one. But then because that foundation can take greater weight. Wait, is that how... No, that's right. Because that foundation can take greater weight, it must be built up on to take it to higher levels as God always takes us from glory and glory. So what's he saying? That that foundation, and where was that established? In Ephesians, it talks about the prophets and apostles, right? Until, Until what? The fivefold ministry is given until what? Until we become unified in faith, right? And that's the maturity part. Listen, the maturity part he's talking about is the unity of faith. Who's who's trying to unify? Us. You know how hard it is to get a bunch of people to unify? That's why when we yield it, I promise you this, I promise you this. It happens all the time. Every time we yield, they basically saying what I'm preaching right now. Tessa, I told Tessa, Tessa, go over there and talk to the Holy Spirit and get a word, pray for Shooty, get a word. She basically, her word was that song. She didn't even know we sang that song or we wrote that song. 
Her the word she wrote today was the whole song we just sang. See, because why? The Holy Spirit, he just got one voice. He's like, this is my lane today. This is my lane today. Don't you want to be in? I so want to be in that with as many people as possible. It's such a good feeling. So he's just saying that that that, that foundation can take a greater weight. Can I do a couple more? The next one. This was a guy who wrote this in the 1800s. A state of constant revival is both possible in the 1800s and practical. Possible and practical. And every Christian ought to constantly aim at it and labor and pray for it. May God in great mercy send us constant, ever continually, all-conquering revival. May the work commence and never cease until millennial glory shall beam upon us. Don't you love this language? And the triumphant anthem roll over the whole earth. I want to, I want to write a song with those words. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of the Lord. That's what we're going. This is what we're doing this for. Just wanted to remind you. Of what's available to sons and daughters, that the earth is groaning, that some of them would wake up, Romans 8, to their what? To their destiny. Next one. Pentecost. Pentecost is an invasion of his glory, permeating his people, overflowing with the effect of righteousness and justice in the earth. Another thing that is the benefit of the open heaven. Keep going. Pentecost is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit where the people of God are being launched into things we do not understand. Launched. 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 Why would we call it revival if we knew what was going to happen? I'm telling you, that's what God's coming for today. He's coming. He's coming to cause your old fleshly understanding to die. He wants to resurrect a supernatural understanding that's always been available. Launch into the... I didn't finish that one. Go back, go back, go back, go back. There you go. Launch into things we do not understand, cannot explain. Listen, think about it. Y'all have y'all don't know it, but y'all have been in an environment saturated with people who really cultivate his presence. And whose number one aim is just for the Holy Spirit to lead. And who don't feel prepared. Don't feel like they know what's going on. Don't feel qualified. And 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 when you look out across the room, y'all all have a greater anointing than me. But see, you don't know it. I know it, and I'm humbled by it. But see, you're not going to understand it, and you can't explain it. That's the two things I had to give up 30 years ago. And I've been, it's constantly, constantly, and it still happens to me, where I have to give up my desire. I have such a desire to understand what he's doing, to understand how it's going to look, to make a calendar, and then maybe a chart, and maybe a pie chart, maybe a bar graph. I want to understand because I feel more comfortable. But I denied her. I denied her access to my gift. I said, little Tisa Wisa, you cannot understand the things of the Holy Spirit, but can you yield 
And, and my exile said, yes, I will yield. My little apostolic exile said, oh, yeah, I can dream. Oh, yeah, I can pioneer. Oh, yeah, I can do hard things. I play basketball with 13 spring dangles. I absolutely can do hard things. I ran into the driver's instructor's car when I to try to take my test, and then they came back and they reminded me of it, and then I went ahead and passed right in front of them. That's what I did. You got some stuff that you overcame. Don't try to avoid anything because it's the test of endurance. So that when you get up with God and he's saying, yield to the Holy One of God and you're not going to feel a thing. Well, I thought I'd feel a thing. No, you're not going to feel anything. Oh, well, why did you take, I felt stuff other places. No, you're not going to feel anything. When it's time for you to preach, you're going to feel zero. I learned that was him. Feeling zero was him. Wow, what a weird feeling. <laughs> I have to re-listen to myself to feel something. I get in there crying, listening to myself, going, go! Ah! I don't even know what I said. But here, nothing. Zero. You can't control it. Oh, man, we want to so bad. If we think we understand a little bit of God, we want to control the whole thing. Oh, well, he did this this way last week, and I think last week it went really good. I think maybe this is going to feel the same way this week when he does it this week, and this week is going to be like that, and this week is going to be like that. And then we'll do this, and if we go out there, we're going to do that. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm, I, I, I'm not on that right now. Oh, well, I thought you were on that because you did that last week. He said, I'm doing something new right now, and then right now, and then right now, and then right now, and then right now. Faster than you can th- say right now, I'm doing something new. That's why he said, that's why he told us, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? If I need these things, I cannot perceive it. Who was he talking to in that moment? Not some sinner soaked saint. He was just saying, My sheep, my sheep hear my voice and are moved by no other. And as I yield, I realize, oh my gosh, my plan was crappy anyway. I couldn't see. I thought I could see so far out there. Can we do another one? This amazing day in history is an honest revival, one without agendas. Wow, there's another thing that gets in the way. Look at all that stuff that's just man-made that gets in the way. Control, agendas, I got to know, I got to understand. All that's man-made. I mean, think about Adam and Eve in the garden. They didn't know nothing. They didn't even know how. They didn't even know the plant was round. Chris discovered that. They didn't even know. Think about what we didn't know in religion. Let's just use that one. Hammy, yeah. we're raising religion. What we didn't know in religion was possible, and we thought we had it going on. We were so miserable. We we just we were so faithful though. We just kept going to church, but we were so miserable because we were dumb and blind. We were poor and blind. Remember when they said being poor was godly? And God was like, really? I mean, I'm throwing away diamonds down. I'm just giving away stuff. I mean, your your little walls are jewels. I mean, like, what? Why did we say that to him? Make me more poor like Jesus. Oh, he was born in a manger. See, we're so messed up. No agendas. Can we do another one? The sooner we come into the realization that we are prone to create agendas better. Yeah. 
we're all prone. Say it out loud. I'm prone to create an agenda. He talks about it being a bias. You know, it's funny. When we, when, when we were all just orphans that came out of abuse, and we thought we had a solution to that. You, ha- you, don't have, you don't have the solution to abuse if you're an orphan. All you can do is try to avoid it. You're not going to walk in your purpose as long as you're avoiding. You can't. I've laid down the thing I was afraid of, the thing that I didn't want to repeat. I surrounded myself. That's why he says that you've got to find a family of God because why? That's why your internal family has to protect your gift, not keep your exile in exile, but keep the condemnation out. Move, Move yourself forward. Can you see it? Let's do another one. For then we can pursue his purposes in knowing we have a limp, a weakness, a bias. For then we can pursue his purposes knowing we have a limp, a weakness, a bias. So in other words, if I have a bias, if I have an agenda, then I'm in pursuit of him with that agenda. I've got to be able to lay that down. I've got to be able to pursue him in the purity of why I'm here. Why? Your assignment. Your assignment to carry revival. Your assignment to be a world changer. Your assignment to do something with the chaos that you experience Monday morning at work. That means if I don't go to work with that in mind, I bet chaos will get overwhelming. Isn't that cool? Chaos will get overwhelming because why? My focus is on the chaos. Instead of my focus, I mean, that's the storm. They're on the boat. The storm is happening. Jesus doesn't care. He's asleep. The only only reason they woke him up was because they thought they were going to die, and I guess they thought maybe Jesus wasn't going to (laughs) die. Do you see? Well, what did he say to them? Do you remember? Little faith. Oh, ye. That's what Jesus said. Oh, ye of little faith. Yee, 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 little faith. All the yees were in the boat with him. No one had the awareness that they had the authority. So they wanted to assign it to somebody else to fix the problem. That's what we've come out of. That's what religion did. But you have the authority. I'm trying to empower you. Think of all the places you can go, I can't go. Think of all the places that Jesus wants to send you. Every place that you go, you should make it holy ground. Every place you travel, you should exchange the chaos for the kingdom. Just say today, I am going to be a chaos exchanger. I am going to experience chaos. Mean people, they're chaos. Stupid people for all the melons, they're chaos. There's chaos, right? Long lines. You know, I was I was driving around the other day. Can I tell one more story? Yeah. Oh, it's early. Oh, just relax a minute. I feel like I was in a hurry all day. I was driving around at Reno and Meridian and Rockwell. 
And I spent 45 minutes and only made it in a circle because every road was blocked. Why am I telling that story? Yeah, so everywhere I go, I experience chaos. Now see, I have to do something with that because that will make me really frustrated. I know none of y'all have this. But in that moment, I realize I have this whole other time agenda. That's what he's talking about. It's a bias. It's an agenda. It's a way of thinking, a perspective that actually bumps up against the Holy Spirit. Because what was the Holy Spirit doing? He was like, yeah, there's going to be this big accident down there, and I'm going to send you around this big circle, and then you won't get in it, and you'll miss it. Oh, then I turn into gratefulness. Can you do it? Can you do it in the moment? Can you do it if you didn't if you don't know that the wreck happened? Can you do it? See, the thing of it is when I've denied and I've yielded and I've taken up my cross and I realize I've just assigned a different value to him in my life, then what he can take me anywhere I want to go. Right? How many more do I have? Can we, let's do one more. And by his grace and his grace alone. That weakness can be covered by his overwhelming presence so we can fully enter fully into what he has for us in his life. It is always beyond what we would ever imagine or even ask. That tells me that I what comes into my mind to imagine or to even request from him is far below what he's, his desire for me is. Can you just... Let that wash over you for a minute. I really think that's that is one of the things that he's really trying to do right now. He's trying to he's trying to cause us to have a greater awareness of the possibilities to do the impossible. If I look at the impossibles and I just keep speaking about them over and over, then I'm not experiencing why he made an open heaven. Right? When Jesus came out of the water. He said, I'm, I'm in you, I'm well pleased, right? That's the voice you need to hear. That's the open heaven voice. In you, I'm well pleased. See, that's what keeps you from being worried if you mess up. Because what's the blocker of us doing the impossible is we're afraid we're going to do it wrong or mess it up. It's the same for everybody. We used to call, we're not called to that. I don't feel led to do that. That was the thing in religion. I didn't feel led. Remember that guy that used to bring the lead and make us touch it? Do y'all remember that guy? Just so we could feel led? You know, you know, Gwen knows. Uh Because why? It was stupid. It was, it was stupid to say, oh, I don't know. I mean, that guy was on the cutting edge, bringing lead to church. He got it way back then. Okay, I just got a couple more, okay? Pentecost creates momentum to build for the glory of God. It may include organizations and buildings, but honestly, we can do that without revival. We're on delay right now. What's more important is the building of ideas, values, relational structures, and creative expressions that all work to illustrate 
the nature of God and model his purpose for humanity on the earth. Isn't that good? This is the measurable way to see the impact of heaven on all we are here to do. Okay, listen, let's stand for a minute. Today, I just really want us, I just want us to embrace just this son and daughtership today. And that, that is one of the benefits of the open heaven. So let's just tell him right now. Let's just say, Papa, I just thank you that you've given me instruction today to become a son and daughter. Papa, I just ask you right now over this entire group that you would just restore them back to sonship and daughtership, that they would embrace just the attributes of what you've actually put in them. And Papa, I just speak over us just as a tribe today that we will walk in the power of the open heaven. We will become more aware of your presence than any activities of the enemy. And so I just bless everyone in this room right now. I just anoint them for good works right now. I anoint them to do the impossible. I anoint them to see the chaos around them and to actually have a strategy to change that chaos. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay